Welcome to the Royal Tax Podcast with your hosts, Megan Templeton, Royal Legal Solutions Consulting Attorney, and Royal Legal Solutions CPA, MBA, and CFO, Pete Shindley. Each week, they talk about how to take your tax and financial strategy to the next level and learn how to build and scale your real estate investing business in a way that maximizes your returns and minimizes your taxes. This is for informational use only. For direct questions, please contact us or your local tax CPA accountant. For the presentation today, I'm going to be throwing out a lot of numbers, but we'll post kind of the high points in Discord later um, so you can... Uh, go back and review. Uh, one thing I want to stress is even though this the Inflation Reduction Act has been passed by and signed into law, there's still a lot of unknowns about it because the IRS needs to issue guidance and kind of tell us as tax preparers or citizens on really what these laws mean and how to work them. So just kind of throwing that out there as a disclaimer is there could be some minor changes, but overall, we're going to talk about what the law says, but the IRS could issue guidance that kind of change it a bit. So there was about 22 major provisions in the act. Um, we're not going to go through all of those. Um, we're going to focus mainly on the residential energy efficiency property credit, the non-business energy property credit, um, the maximum out-of-pocket for Medicare beneficiaries, and then we'll spend some time on the credits for uh, vehicles, whether they're owned or brand new. So um, we'll kind of drop down there. Um, the main reason the Inflation Reduction Act was signed into law by President Biden was to combat inflation through various tax provisions. Um, the main tax provision they think that will help flight inflation according to the continued professional education courses and articles I've read is that 15% book minimum tax on corporations. Um, but we'll, we'll see if that really comes to proficient. Um, but the act, and that's what we're gonna focus on today, there was about 369 billion that was set aside for clean energy and energy security. So as of today, that's been the largest investment in climate in U.S. history. So those are kind of the provisions we'll focus on because those are the ones I think as investors in property you might be able to use. Um, again, kind of going over the health care one, um, they are putting like a maximum out of pocket for people on Medicare. Um, in the past, you'd spend about $7,000 and then stop to pay 5% um, of the medical bills going forward. Um, now that's capped. So once you hit your cap, you're no longer going to have to contribute paying a copay or any portion of those medical costs. So if that number is $7,050. Um, and then if you are on Medicare Part D, um, starting the year of 2025, pretty much once you hit that $2,000 out-of-pocket coverage, uh, the co-insurance is eliminated. So if currently you are in Medicare, once you hit that $2,000 spend on prescriptions, you shouldn't have to pay for um, a copay going forward. Um, currently the Medicare Part D, you're paying 20% on the cost of brand name drugs and then 40% on generic drugs. So that, again, that will kind of all go away 
Additionally, if um, you're needing insulin, um, that would be $35 per month under Medicare Part D. So again, there's Inflation Act, there is reduced spending and costs out of pocket for individuals with kind of those um, components. And that was a large part of the Inflation Act. Um, going down to kind of more of the home energy efficiency credits, um, the non-business energy property credit uh, is what we'll focus on right now. Um, prior to the IRA, uh, credit was available to individual taxpayers for non-business energy property placed in service prior to January 1st, 2022. That credit was equal to about 10% of the amount paid or incurred for qualified energy improvements. And there was a lifetime limitation on that credit. Um, with the new IRA law, um, they made the following changes to the non-business energy credit. Um, it expanded the credit to energy efficiency components placed in service before January 1st, 203030. So in essence, instead of it ending in 2022, they extended it about 11 years or 10 years. So until January 1st, 2033. Um, they increased the credit from that 10% to 30%. So they tripled that, so you'd be able to get more of a tax credit deduction. Um, it repealed the requirement that the residential energy property expenditure must be made with respect to the taxpayer's principal residency. So in the past, if you were to do some of these residential energy upgrades, um, it was required to be your principal residence. With this law, it repealed that test. So again, that's where we're gonna need the IRS to actually issue better guidance and really clarify that for us. But that could be a pretty uh, good credit for people that have rentals because it also repealed the lifetime credit limitation of 12,000 per year for expenditures on like windows, skylights, doors, et cetera, and those type of items. So um, if you're gonna have to put new windows or doors in a rental property, in the past, you could write those off as expenses or capitalize them. But now you're gonna be able to get a credit because the RA kind of took away that residential primary resident piece. So that could be a pretty good way to do some replacements and also get a credit to offset your taxes. Um, again, going over that, <clears throat> excuse me. If you want to pay for a home audit of your energy efficiency, those kind of about depending where you live, certain power companies do them for free or you can pay firms. Uh, you are able to claim $150 credit for doing that to get an audit of your home or a rental property um, based on what I've been told and read. But again, the IRS will need to confirm that. Um, if you were going to buy an electric vehicle, um, currently, before the IRA, taxpayers could claim a credit for a new plug-in electric vehicle. The base amount of that credit was like $2,500, um, $417 for every kilowatt hour of capacity, like excess of five kilowatts. So in essence, you could only get about $5,000 in credit. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, now though, with the IRA, 
you would be able to get up to $7,500 per new vehicle that you bought. So that credit is broken into two parts. Want more information? Join our community groups that exist to provide a space for like-minded people on a similar journey to learn, share, and network with real estate investing professionals and entrepreneurs. We meet weekly for an hour in Zoom to offer knowledge and accountability. Be sure to grab the link in our show notes. Which is 33750 is a credit for critical minerals retirement. And then you would get another... 3,750 if the battery met the component requirement. So we'll kind of get into a little more details on the critical minerals requirement. Um, pretty much what that's saying, it has to be extracted or processed in the United States or in a country in which the US has a freight treatment, freight treat, free trade agreement in, or to get the minerals, it has to be recycled in North America. And those requirements do change on the percentage of the battery depending on the year. So 40% of the critical minerals need to be from one of those things I mentioned earlier up until 2024. And then every year it goes up about 10% to where finally in 2026, 80% of the critical minerals requirement has to be made in the US or processed or with a country that we have free trade with. So. If you're buying a vehicle that doesn't have that, you're not going to get that first 3,700 in credits. And then to get the remaining credit, that other 3,750, um, <clears throat> the final assembly must occur in North America. So um, the credit has to be, in essence, assembled in North America, which most of the cars that are selling them here at least are assembled in North America. So it doesn't mean just America. So that is that one will be pretty easy for everyone to get. Um, there's a few caveats though, um, to, the, to get the clean vehicle credit, um, you have to have a modified gross income uh, below certain thresholds. So if you are married and filing jointly or a surviving spouse, your, your, MA, your modified adjusted gross income has to be under $300,000. Um, if you're head of household, it has to be under 225000 And if you're single or filing as married, filing separately, your income, your modified adjust, adjusted gross income has to be $150,000 or less. So kind of have to meet three requirements, really. <laughs> but um, so when you go to look at this, you'll want to look at your MAGI MAGA to make sure you're get a qualify. Um, any questions on that? Um, again, I'll put this kind of in uh, your Discord channel so you can see. And one nice thing about the Inflation Reduction Act is it did limit, it took away the limit of once 200,000 cars were sold by a manufacturer, they weren't able to get credits. Um, Tesla's, you weren't able to get credits because those were kind of named as companies you couldn't get these credits for, but going forward, you are able to. And then dropping down to individuals that already own an electric vehicle, um, 
they can sell those to the dealership or you can buy them from individually. And if you buy a second hand, um, previously owned clean electric vehicle, um, this act allows you to get a $4,000 credit or 30% of the sales price, whatever one's smaller. So um, when you do buy a secondhand vehicle, you are able to get a credit for that. And it's 4,000 or 30% of the price, whatever is lower. Um, however, to claim this credit, your modified gross income is actually much less than if you buy new. So if you're married filing jointly, it's 150,000, not 300,000. Had a household is 112,000 and all other taxpayers 75,000. So if you buy a used car, you in essence have to have pretty much half the MG MAGA that you had previously to buy a new one. And then here's one other caveat too on the selling of a used. Um, It has to be the you you the original use commenced with a person other than a taxpayer. So that would, in essence, the taxpayer can't sell to a taxpayer their own self. But as you're asking, you could sell to a sibling. And then more likely or not, they will probably have to. My guess is they'll push it towards you have to buy it from a dealer. Would be my guess which to Brandon, for your question, if you did a trade into the dealer, they would probably sell it more, which then maybe you get a higher trade in. And I, I believe they're gonna put a income limit of the car has to be 25,000 or less to buy in as a second hand. So if you buy a second hand car, you want to be 25,000 or below. And that was mainly it for, I think, the major act, um, Inflation Reduction Act items that would affect the, this group in general. And again, I'll put this out on Discord with kind of screenshots of the high level stuff we talked about. Um, one, one thing to, to note, if you are going to go to the dealer and buy a new car, the dealer can take partial credit and lower the price off the car right away. But when you do your tax return, you then can't claim it. So if you go into buy or if you know if people are, just really make sure they know their modified adjusted gross income because the dealer could say, oh yeah, you got to qualify and take the credit. And then when it comes tax time, you may have to repay that back. So that's just kind of caveat to think in the back of your head if you go buy one. Thank you for listening to the show today. If you're feeling overwhelmed with taxes as they relate to your real estate business and investments, or you're unsure if you're doing your accounting correctly, fill out our five-minute quiz. With the information from this quiz, you'll schedule a meeting with a Royal Legal Solutions advisor who will provide you with powerful tax-saving strategies on your first call. Go to www.royallegalsolutions.com tax to fill it out.